fresh every Tuesday for MSPs around the world. Around the world. This, this is Paul Green's MSP Marketing Podcast. Podcast. It's another episode of the planet's most popular MSP Marketing Podcast. And here's what we got coming up for you this week. We can talk about what I like to call 21 second habits, how to create new habits in 21 seconds, not 21 days. If they told you it takes 21 days to create a new habit, someone lied to you. Sorry, we will uh, debunk that here for you today. That's Blaine Elkers. He's my special guest later on in the show. And he's going to be talking about two things, how you can create a new habit in just 21 seconds and how to get 60 minutes of work done in just 30 minutes. We're also gonna be talking about the Dream 100, exactly what is this and why must you put it into place in your MSP? Paul Green's MSP Marketing Podcast. Let me give you a very plausible real life scenario. Imagine there's a business owner in your area. Let's call this business owner Sandra. So Sandra has, let's say 10 staff. And it doesn't really matter what the business does. That's irrelevant to this story. But Sandra has an MSP. In fact, she's been in a working relationship with this MSP for around about five, six years. But over the last couple of years, yeah, things just haven't quite been right. It seems to her that they take longer to answer the phone. It seems to her that they are taking longer time to fix problems. More things seem to be broken. Every time she rings up, there's someone new there. Essentially, it's death by a thousand small cuts. You see, what's happened, of course, is that MSP has changed considerably since Sandra first joined up with them a few years ago. And actually, they're doing very well. They're bringing on lots of new staff. They're adding new services, but she sees less and less of the original founder that first sold to her all those years ago. And Sandra's starting to feel quite deep down that it's time to move on. Of course, she hasn't told this to the MSP yet because clients don't do that, do they? They tell you at the point they've made the decision. But she's feeling, and notice my use there of the word feeling, Often when a client leaves you for someone else, it's not a cognitive thing. It's a gut feel. They feel as though things have deteriorated. It's not always the case. Obviously, if you make a massive mistake, that becomes a cognitive thing as much as it's an emotional thing. But for the purposes of this scenario, Sandra feels that things are sliding and it's it's time to move on. So Sandra makes two phone calls. You see, she is active in the local community and she's been to her networking groups and she's been given two referrals of two what she knows as tech support, IT support companies, because of course MSP is jargon to her. And as we discussed in last week's episode of the podcast, jargon is a bad thing. So she's got two IT support referrals and she decides to make phone calls to both of them and get both of them in to talk to her and to see which she is going to move her business to. The first MSP, the first IT support company that she calls, she picks up the phone, she dials the number. Uh, that's a, what a British ringtone sounds like, by the way. If, if ever you use landlines, I don't know anyone that uses landlines anymore, but go with it. Just put your own sort of dial tone thing in there, but it just goes on and on and on. And she's, she's looking at her watch and they just don't seem to be answering the phone. And then eventually they do pick up the phone and it's a 12 year old technician on the other end. Hello, so-and-so IT. 
says the 12 year old technician that's cruel i know that's cruel you know what i mean it's a 19 year old it's the it's the person with the least amount of communication skills in the business in fact in your head now don't say their name out loud especially if you're listening to the podcast in the office but just in your head think now who's the last person in your business who should be picking up the phone and if there isn't a last person then you're doing a great job but if there is a last person imagine it's that person that's got to the phone hello and Sandra kind of a, a little bit put off by this and says oh uh, yes hi there um i was given your uh, your name and your number by so-and-so at so-and-so networking uh, and I'm hoping to speak to you about my IT and the the 12 year old says oh you need to speak to my boss he's not in at the moment and and they kind of cuts it off there and and Sandra says oh right um um, what what time what time is he going to be in uh not sure probably this afternoon she says, okay, all right, thanks very much, thank you. And then, and then then, she thinks, actually, maybe I should leave my number because they were referred to me. Obviously, this is a horrendous intro call for her. But she says, oh, can, can I give you my name and number? And perhaps you can ask him to call me. Okay. So she gives her name and number, she leaves it. She puts the phone down. It's not a great experience. So then she calls MSP number two. This time, it rings just once. And then someone picks up the phone and it's a warm, welcome introduction. Good afternoon, so-and-so IT, how can I help you? And if for that, put in whatever it is, the words that you want your technicians and your team to say when they pick up the phone. The point here is the phone was picked up quickly and it was a warm, well-communicated welcome. It doesn't really matter who picks up the phone, so long as the person who picks up the phone is warm and friendly and they are communicating a great big smile, not some kind of which is a pretty much a sales killer. So Sandra has the conversation. She says, oh, hi, you were referred to me. I wanted to speak to someone. Yeah, no problem at all. Oh, actually, you need to speak to Dave. He's the owner here. He is currently out. I'm so sorry. Let me ask him to give you a call this afternoon. He's due back in the office about five. Uh, what's your name and number? And I'll ask you to give him a call. So we've actually got, if you think about this here, in this scenario, we've got the the same scenario, the same thing has happened at each of the MSPs, which is that the owner is out. But at the first one, obviously, it was a struggle for Sandra. She's had to lead the selling conversation. At the second one, then the technician or whoever answered the phone has led the sales conversation, has taken their name and number, has set an expectation for when Dave, the owner, will be calling back. Now, without doing anything else, if if the if it was just judged just off what happened there from that phone call, and it's an obvious question, which MSP do you think is going to get the sale? Duh. Obviously, it's going to be uh, Dave's business. It's going to be the second business. Here's the thing, and here's how it could be turned around. Because the point of this bit I'm talking about is that speed is everything. What if the person from the first MSP then called back Sandra 10 minutes later? And obviously, as the owner, as the founder of the business, we're, we're much better communicators because we're engaged and we're passionate and we know the right questions to ask. We ask people questions about their favorite subject, which is, of course, themselves and their business. So the owner of business number one calls back, has a good 20 minute conversation with Sandra. She says she wants to meet with him. He's like, yep, no problem at all. Hey, I can clear my diary tomorrow morning if that suits you, which is a great phrase to use. I can clear my diary tomorrow. It shows that you are prioritizing the things that matter. The reality is that owner's diary probably wasn't that full anyway, other than dealing with reactive stuff. But what a great message that sends to prospects. 
I can clear my diary tomorrow. Or, or what might be better is when's good for you. And I'll, if I, if I can do it, I'll clear my diary to make sure I can meet you at your convenience. There is a balance here between making sure you, you start off with an equal relationship with the prospect. But for that very first meeting, you do whatever it takes to get in there and get that meeting. That's the point we're talking about here is speed. Now, Dave in the second company doesn't call back after five, doesn't call that evening and doesn't call till lunchtime the next day. The damage now has been done with Dave's business because actually his competitor, the one he's up against, has not only had a conversation with Sandra already, but the competitor has been in and had a meeting with Sandra before Dave's even called them back. In an ideal world, your MSP would answer the phone properly, communicate well, but then be straight back on it. If someone isn't available and it does happen, you set that expectation and the owner of the business does everything. If they have to extract their own teeth just to go back that prospect, that's what it takes. It's a bit of a weird thing to say, Paul. I don't know where I was going with that one. The point being, at pain of death, you do whatever it takes to call back that prospect when that prospect is expecting a call. Because it's not like you're inundated with prospect calls, right? It's not like you get three or four of them every single day and you can pick and choose. You get very low numbers of people calling in because you have been referred to them. So you should move heaven, what's the phrase? Move heaven and high water, hell and high water. Move lots of things to get back to that prospect as soon as possible. So speed, here's the question to ask yourself. Maybe there's more than speed to ask. If someone rang your MSP when you're not there, Who's answering the phone? What are they saying? Is there a system in place so that any sales calls coming in are dealt with quickly and efficiently and expectations are set? If there is no system, you are leaving it up to possibly the the lowest ability level of communication, uh, whoever sat in your office to talk to your potential future client. I would rather systemize my business around that than take the risk of starting it in the wrong way. That's the first thing. But secondly, do you have a system for making sure that you as the owner, when you're out, you get essentially a red alert call or WhatsApp message or Teams message or whatever. A red alert in the, we've got a prospect. Someone wants to talk to you. This is their name. This is the business name. This is their number. This is their website. They were referred by Bob at so-and-so network. Please, can you call them before five? Because what would have been better than Dave calling the next day when it was convenient for him is Dave calling back at four. She thinks he's going to call after five. He calls at four o'clock. That is exceeding expectations. And remember, Sandra's making an emotional decision. She made an emotional decision to leave her last MSP. She's going to make an emotional decision on which of the MSPs she's going to choose going forward. And your perceived speed, the perceived speed with which you you jump onto a conversation with her is going to make a massive, massive difference. And the good news is you can systemize all of that within your business. Here's this week's Clever Idea. I love reading business and marketing books. I'm a prolific reader of them. Actually, these days I'm a prolific listener. I listen to most books now on Audible. I just find it easier to consume more and more books every week on Audible. Every little drive, every little walk, you consume a podcast. Maybe you're doing that right now, or you can consume a book. And then if it's a really good book, I will go and buy the papery version to put it onto my bookshelves. And we have bookshelves and bookshelves and bookshelves of great books throughout the house. Now, one of my all-time favorites, which is on the special bookshelf in my bedroom, 
You might think that's a bit weird, but all of my favorite business books are there in my bedroom. And often I'll look at them last thing at night or first thing in the morning and think, ooh, I'm going to give that one a reread. Well, this is one of those that deserves a reread pretty soon. It's called The Ultimate Sales Machine by Chet Holmes. It is an absolute classic a B2B selling book. So it's not about selling an MSP, but it is about B2B sales. And about 80% of what you read in there is highly relevant to you. And unfortunately, Chet Holmes isn't here any morning. He died a number of years ago. I think it was leukemia he passed away from. And his daughter actually took over the reins of his business, which is a, which is a, a, a terrible story with a very uh, good ending. Uh, but this book is such a classic book. I must have read it four or five times. And every, it's one of those books that every time I read it, I remember something new. So something I may have read before that perhaps I didn't act on in some way. One of the core concepts of The Ultimate Sales Machine is to build yourself a Dream 100. What's a Dream 100? It's a hundred clients, excuse me, a hundred prospects that you would like to go on to do business with. They're the literally as it said in the title, your dream 100, the most perfect people for you. And there's a number of techniques that Chet Holmes talks about in the book to engage with those people. But the basis of it is that you put all of your attention onto that dream 100 and you do everything you can to get them engaged with you and ultimately to get them to open a conversation with you. Now, most MSPs that I've worked with don't have anywhere near 100 prospects. They might have any, well, they might have 100 leads. What's the difference between a lead and a prospect? A lead is someone who is known to you. So it might be someone in your LinkedIn or someone in your email database or perhaps even someone that's subscribed to you on YouTube. But in terms of prospects, a prospect is someone where you know they are going to be buying from someone at some point. Perhaps if we took that scenario of, of, of in the last bit of Sandra, who, who left her MSP, at the point she phones up and says, I've been referred to you, she is a prospect because she's going to buy from someone. You probably don't have 100 prospects in your business. So why not take 100 of your leads, or it doesn't have to be 100, you know, just pick, pick, pick a number, not too small, not too big. We'll go with 100 for the podcast. Why don't you pick 100 of your leads and elevate them to prospect status? And they could be people who you know are going to be prospects next year. What if you're having a conversation with someone now and they say, well, yeah, we're ready to switch, but we're in contract till next year, till May next year. Well, maybe then they would go into your Dream 100 so you can pay them special attention between now and May next year. Or maybe it's just someone, the kind of business you'd really love doing business with because they're a bigger business or they're a trophy client or something like that. You then give that 100 businesses, those 100 prospects or near prospects, you give them special attention. And there's lots of different things that you could do. You could invite them to webinars. Better still, you can invite them to a physical seminar or a lunch and learn. You should certainly send them stuff in the post. I would send them a printed newsletter at least once a quarter, but better still every other month or better, better still every month. And you can get printed newsletters. There's a number of different places you can get printed newsletters, including my own MSP Marketing Edge. We have a monthly printed newsletter that we give to our clients or our members to send off to their prospects. Uh, what else could you send someone in the post? You could clip stuff from the news, things that are relevant, take copies, print things off websites or do you know things that you've seen in newspapers, take 
photocopies. You remember those, don't you? I think we call it a scan and print these days. But you could then write a little handwritten note and say, oh, hi, I saw this in the news and I thought you might find this interesting. Anything you can send them in the post is great because stuff that arrives that's physically in their hands has so much more value or perceived value than anything you send to them digitally. However, we mustn't forget digital stuff. Put them on your email newsletter. Send them an email once a week. You could also send them a, a unique, you know, a one-on-one -on -one email from you. Again, it could be a clipping of something you've seen or something you perceive to be of value to them. What if every week you looked at your Dream 100 and you tried to one-on-one -on -one touch five to 10 of those people every single week. I mean, that's a powerful thing. And in fact, if you rotate round the whole 100, then eventually you, you will have personally touched, don't make me do the maths on the fly, but you will have personally touched every person on that list within a certain time period. And that could be as simple as, you know, reading their news, reading what's on their LinkedIn and commenting on it. Hi, so-and-so, Just want, I mean, you could email them or send them a LinkedIn message. Hi, Dave, I, I wanted to just drop you a note and say congratulations on the so-and-so that I saw on your LinkedIn. Great achievement, uh, an amazing job. You know, put that in your own words. What a, what a thing to do. That's the point of the Dream 100. You give them special attention. Go and get the book, The Ultimate Sales Machine by Chet Holmes. There is so much in there that you will find of value. And then please do get started with your Dream 100. Don't think too small. Don't go for a Dream 10. You've got, remember, in the world of what you sell, it's such a long, complicated sale that you need to play the numbers game. You need to have a number of people going at any one time. So don't just go for 10. Go for 50. Go for 100. But also don't overstretch yourself. A Dream 1000 would be too much for an MSP. I think 100 is a perfect figure. But do read that book and do get it set up. It is such a powerful strategy. Paul's, Paul's blatant plug. So I have this Facebook group. It's only for MSPs and it's a place to go and discuss marketing. In fact, it's a safe place because we've made it a vendor-free zone. So you can discuss all MSP marketing in there. And I've just been reviewing a post from a few weeks ago and we were talking about websites and good websites and bad websites. And uh, an MSP I know, Stuart, actually posted a website of a localish competitor to him and suggested, I mean, the website was out of this world. It, it was so different than all of the websites. It immediately stood out. Uh, but then he suggested I call the number. So I'm, I'm going to call the number now. And uh, producer James, please make sure that you uh, blank out the name of the MSP because I haven't actually asked their permission to put their, uh, their what do you call it? You know, you know when you call up IVR, is it? The thing that, that's like the announcing message. So I haven't got their permission to do this, but you have to listen to this. This is incredible. Yo, what's up, dudes? Welcome to the home of IT and if you've accidentally dialed our number, then this is the perfect time to put the phone down and do some star jumps or hop on one foot or do some squats and trim those glutes, baby. If not, then listen up. I'm only going to say this once. If you want to speak to someone who'll fix your issues, obviously the IT-related ones, then press option one. If you owe us money, then stop being tight and pay. Or if you want money from us, then press option two. I love it. I love it. Now... That is so different, isn't it? Have you ever heard anything like that before? We were talking just earlier about, you know, when someone calls up, that is going to immediately grab someone's attention. I absolutely love that. Anyway, this is the kind of stuff we talk about in this Facebook group. If you aren't a member yet, please come and join us. It's for MSPs only. We talk about marketing. I love that so much. Go onto Facebook, 
type in MSP marketing at the top, go to groups and apply to join. And we talk about all sorts of marketing stuff there. It's great. The big, big, big interview. Blaine Elkers here, and I am um, actually uh, the world's only chief results officer. So basically, I help people kind of take control of their lives by taking control of themselves. And I do that in a number of ways, but I'm happy to be here with you today and hopefully share something that's going to help the listening audience get a little bit more done. The world's only chief results officer. Now, someone somewhere is Googling now chief results officer to see if that's in fact true or if someone else has taken that job title. Welcome, Blaine. It's wonderful to have you here on the podcast because you're talking about one of my favorite subjects, which is, as you just said, about taking control of yourself to get more done without actually being dead and and just, you know, only able to sip a beer on the couch at the end of the day, which is no way to run a business at all. So before we start talking about how MSP owners can can take back some control of their lives and be more productive with using less time, tell us a little bit about you. So what's your background and, and how do you get to be to a position of being on a podcast like this as an expert in your subject matter? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I had a, I had a couple of um, moments of dawning comprehension where we're in kind of a moment the world changes. And so two of those, one was in college. I went to Purdue University um, in Indiana and I saw this ad. I, I've kind of always been a little bit of a seeker, seeker of knowledge. And maybe some of the listeners are also seekers of knowledge. Um, but I, I saw this ad for this book called Think and Grow Rich. Mm. And I sent away for it. And, and hopefully you've heard of it. And, and maybe many of the listeners yeah. have. Yeah. And so I sent away for that and it was Earl Nightingale reading an abridged version. Uh, Anyway, I ended up reading that book in college and it was at that moment of reading that book that I realized kind of what I call what you think about, you bring about and and that your thoughts and your mindset plays a big role in how you see the world. Uh, And so I had some success. I met my wife in college uh, after reading that book. We've been married 30 years now, so that's a good thing. Um, But but how I got here today was my second moment of dawning comprehension is I was, uh, my degree's in computer science. I was working for a software company and I came home from a business trip and my son, Bo, he was one year old and he kind of gave me the cold shoulder. I'm like, hey, Beth, what's going on here with Bo? She says, well, you were gone so long, he kind of forgot who you were. And I was like, whoa, whoa, wait a second. So that that kind of like, that hit me hard. Uh, and so I realized, I remember when I was a kid, I came home to an empty home because a lot of times my brother wasn't there and both my parents worked. Um, and, and so that night I made a clarifying decision that I was going to work from home no matter what. And so it took me a year. I started a couple of businesses uh, on the side and, and, and built those up. Um, but a year later I left and that was 27 years ago. So I became this work from home dad uh, and, and I've been doing that for 27 years. But what that afforded me was it gave me the time to work on self-development. And I realized uh, maybe in a divine way that I'm here to help people take control of their lives by taking control of themselves. And so I started helping organizations, mostly private mastermind groups, helping them to get more stuff done uh, and putting them in little groups and, and all kinds of things. And they started calling me chief results officer. I said, hey, that's a pretty cool title. So I went and I got the uh, register, the R with a circle, registered trademark for that. So oh, wow. so that's why I kind of say I'm, I'm the world's only, uh, you know, a chief results officer, but we have some fun with that. But that gave me the ability to do that. And now, you know, thousands, tens of thousands of people, uh, I, I'm in charge of kind of their their weekly productivity to make sure that they they get stuff done, uh, but but also keep it fun. 
Okay, so there's me talking about Googling it to, to find out. And you've already got the trademark. You could, you could have just told me that. That would have saved me a, a hell of a lot of Googling. So you, you must have an incredible insight into what is happening in the, the heart and the mind of the average MSP business owner. So mo- most people, not everyone, but most people listening to this podcast, they're, they're running the business. They've got some staff. Um, they certainly have ambitions. They want to grow. Why would you listen to a podcast about business growth and marketing unless you were re- you know, ready to, to step up to, to something new? But I also know from having spoken to hundreds of them myself is that there are a series of things that hold them back. And I am willing to bet a dollar that the things that I could reel off that would hold back the average MSP business owner are the things that hold back all business owners. Uh, f- fair statement, fair statement. And it, and it comes down into two different categories. One is habits. So we can talk about what I, I like to call 21 second habits, how to create new habits in 21 seconds, not 21 days. If they told you it takes 21 days to create a new habit, someone lied to you. Sorry, we will uh, debunk that here for you today. But the second one is they need to compress time. And so another thing that uh, over the years, what we developed is, is called the 30 minute hour. So that's how to get an hour's worth of stuff done in just 30 minutes. So, so those are compressing time and habits are the biggest things. And, and uh, maybe 10 years ago, I started a company called Selffluence, which is um, kind of the art and science of influencing yourself. And the good news about both these habits and time compression is that you already know how to do it. Now, I, I could cite studies and neuroscience and all this stuff, but it's very self-evident. So when we talk about these things today, you're going to realize, yes, I can do this. I can apply this. I've already done it before. And you could master it, but we got to remember, we got to kind of refocus you because you might have forgot how good you were at habits and how good you were at compressing time. But but anyway, we can go in whichever direction you want to go first. Well, let's let's explore those. Let's let's talk about 21 second habits because you know I've 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 read a few books. Um, probably I'm guessing nowhere near as many of you as you have. But one of those is of course Atomic Habits, which I know that you will have read. It's a great book, and it, you know it talks about connecting. It's, it's a more realistic view of, of of connecting things you want to. Do to other actions and the whole series of other things, but I've, I've, I'm one of those people that's always believed you need to do something on a regular basis to turn it into a habit. So tell us about 21 second habits. All right. So, so the first thing to realize is that kind of like what you just said that you are already you are already a habit master, right? And so we're going to leverage that. So so if you think about like what new habit do you want to create now, like going to the gym, you know, we we, we say look, create something easy just to get get some traction, right? You know, you can say look, I want to. Uh, you know, I know I'm better. I know I perform better running my business if I get a workout in, right? Now, if you say I'm going to go do three hours of workout every day, that's not going to happen, right? So start with something something easy. Maybe you say 15 minutes, right? A new habit of working out 15 minutes in the morning before the world attacks you. Um, but, but figure out what new habit that you want to create. But realize that you're already a habit master at some things, right? So a lot of times I'll ask people, uh, you know, how many people brush their teeth today? And every hand goes up, right? And you realize you're already a habit master at things. And so I'll, I'll share a little story. Two quick stories that will illustrate it. One is my wife, the, the way I came about this was a long time ago. My wife, unfortunately, she used to have a nearly daily migraine headache. And so the doctor said, look, uh, you know, you have to keep this log. Like, like, what did you eat? When did, what, what do you think triggered the headache? What is the barometric pressure? What's the weather like? And my wife would keep the log for a couple of days. Then she would lose it. Uh, she would forget to do it. Then she'd get another migraine. Then I'd ask her about it wrong move. I learned quickly not to ask anything during the migraine time. Um, but 
one day, what we what I realized was that she needed to get really consistent about this new habit. And so she is a twice a day teeth brusher, never misses, never fails. So we just took the headache log, we put the toothbrush and a pen and the toothpaste on top of the headache log. And every day when she would brush her teeth for two minutes, like the dentist recommend, she would fill out that log. And she went 90 days in a row filling out the log because the first key to the 21 second habit is that she habit linked it to something she was already a habit master in. Uh, and so that those that 90 days of data helped the doctors. And today, you know, she can go two, three, four months without getting a migraine. So we are very blessed, uh, you know, in, in that area. So that's part one is that you link it to something that you're already a habit master. And there's a lot of things you do daily, some things you do more than once a day, like brushing your teeth, some things you do once a day, maybe like your first cup of coffee, things like that. So there's, and I can provide people with a whole list of, of different things you can link to on a daily weekly or monthly basis. For me, and to give you a little bit more deeper power into this, for me, I had two new habits that I wanted to start. One was I wanted to uh, do this Bible app, but the other one was I realized that I needed to take a mind shower every morning. Uh, and, and this really helped me in my business because the world, I don't know, the news tends to be a little negative. Social media tends to be a little bit stressful. Uh, and I realized that I eat every day. But how often do I feed my mind or, or, and I take a shower every day, but how often do I wash out my mind? So I wanted to do this thing, what I call a mind shower. So I use an app called Headspace for that, but I wanted to do those two things every day. So then I said, okay, what can I have it linked to? And I realized that what's the first thing I do every day, every morning? I touch my smartphone right? Yeah. <laughs> I pick up my smartphone. Now, sometimes the alarm's going off on my smartphone, but but most times it's not, and I'm waking up, and I open up my smartphone. So, what I did is I moved all the apps off the front page of my smartphone, and so my homepage, when I opened it up, it was just those two apps, the Bible app and then this this uh, Mind Shower Headspace app, and I, and I have it linked, me opening the phone to doing those two apps. Now, now I would like a 10-minute mind shower in the morning, but sometimes I don't have time. So maybe I'll just do a three minute one, but I'm not going to miss it. But here's why. One is the habit linking, but here's step two. The step two is you need to surf the urge to want to do something, right? So when I open up my phone, I really want to see, did my kids text me? What's going on in the business world? Did any orders come in? I have all these business things and, and personal things that I really want to check on. So I surf that urge and I make myself, I use kind of the energy and the desire to do that to make sure that I do those two things, right? And so today, this morning uh, was day like 1,525, I think, in a row that I've done that. Now the apps, they track that, which is kind of cool. So I, I have like verified proof of consistency. Um, but but I, I did that. I surfed the urge to want to do that. And the other thing is you can add some leverage saying, hey, you know, um, you know here's a reward or a penalty, you know, based on the streak or how many times you do it kind of once you get three or four days in a row you really don't want to break that streak so so it's habit linking but then surfing some type of urge a, a, a third example would be i had a, a one business owner and she's like blaine you always tell me that making a plan is going to make my day go better 100 percent of the time it will but she wasn't making a daily plan and i said you know and what do you do first thing in the morning she says i always have a cup of coffee i said is there any day you don't no i said then you habit link the list to the coffee so before you can take that first sip you have to at least start the list i don't care if you do the list while you drink the coffee mm -hmm. that's okay 
but you start the list before you get to take that first sip. So she linked it to the coffee, but she surfed the urge to want to drink that coffee to get herself to do the item. So that's kind of the, uh, the, the, the 21 second habits. And you can link a lot of different things, right? Start simple, start small, start easy, start things that don't have a lot of resistance. But then as you get better at it, you can link more and more things. Uh, and, and now I, I'm like a habit linking machine. Yes, yes. And you know, I agree with everything you just said there. I've, I've done exactly the same myself with my morning routine. Um, I, for me, it was journaling. Um, I, I, and I only journal for like five minutes each day. Uh, and I actually journal in the mornings about the previous day, which I find a, a more cathartic experience than at the end of the day. Uh, but I'm on day uh, 1,296, I think. So, nice. so I know. And it's like nothing, nothing, nothing at all is going to let me break that streak. You know, it's, it's, it's so habit now because there's a specific, um, uh, cupboard next to my bed. Uh, you know, I come out the bathroom in the morning. I'm, I'm ready. I've put my contact lenses in. Literally, I sit down and without even thinking that journal comes out, it's opened up and, and I'm read. It's like I use like a five year diary. So I actually get a reward of reading what I was thinking about and what I was doing in previous years, which is a which is another really cool uh, way of gamifying it. But I love that. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm, yes, I'm, it's super good. And one thing on that is that you are the neuroscience, just to dump, drive into that a little bit, yeah. is the neuroscience, you are, you are rewiring your brain uh, when you take that time to journal and you're looking back over the day before uh, and and let's say you're finding the good things from the day before or the things that new ideas that you might want, want to use from the day before, you are literally physically rewiring your brain to look for opportunities, to look for good things. So, so uh, well done to you. And there's a lot of side benefits to a lot of these habits because what happens is in the morning especially you are in the battle of the brain chemicals and if you can get the good chemicals the dopamine the serotonin to outwin some of the stress and the cortisol and the other chemicals you will you will start to have better and better days um, so, so anyway, uh, good on you for that one. And it has a lot of side benefits. Thank you. Thank you. And that rewiring of the brain, you're, you're absolutely right. I know this is, this is one of those interviews where, where the, there's no conflict. There's like the guest and the host are just, <laughs> are just, just having, a, having a good chat about things that they agree on. Um, but you're right on the rewiring. In fact, um, I once spoke to a brain surgeon uh, about how how amazing, you know, regardless of how old we are, our, our brain is able to rewire things. And he would talk about things like if he did brain necessary brain surgery and he accidentally cut a connection, say, say to your hand, so your brain couldn't use your hand. If right. there was any way that the brain could get through to the hand, it would do it. And it was a, a process, it, he called it, uh, it's called neuroplasticity. Where, where, and if you think of anything like any kind of physiotherapy that you have where someone's trying to help you with, with the recurring injury, and it's often about, you know, maybe if you hurt your, your back because you, you, you stand to the left a bit, they're trying to get you to stand a bit more to the right. It's neuroplasticity. You're literally reprogramming your brain. And we're, we're doing this every single day. So actually, when we sit down on the couch, eating a bag of chips, watching TV every night, and we do that for 20 years, we, we've trained that. We, that's not natural behavior. Cavemen didn't do that. They, so we, 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 we learn the bad behavior. And, but, but then, as you've just said, you can actually unlearn, unlearn bad behavior and learn good behavior um, actually very quickly, which is awesome. Right. I want to move on to, I'm conscious of time. We, we, this could become a two-hour interview, which it's not going to become. <laughs> uh, because, and that does lead me on to 30-minute hours. So you, you said a few minutes ago that you can get an hour's worth of work done in 30 minutes. How do you do that? 
Okay, so this is this is quite powerful. And just like the 21 second habit, this is gonna be self-evident. This is gonna be something that you already know how to do. You already know how to compress time. We're just going to help you remember that. Now, before, before we unleash this power, uh, I wanna make sure that the power is used for good and not for evil. And so, so my question, you know, for you is going to be this. Let's say that we did four of these 30 minute hours in a row. So we did four hours of stuff in just two hours. Now that's going to leave you with a two hour guilt free two hour time block. And during that time, let's say we don't do work. Now I'm type A. I'm going to, I might put some work in there, but let's say we're not going to do work. What are the things you would do with two guilt-free hours? So, so for me, I, I like the Peloton bike. So I have that here in my home office. Mm-hmm. I'd probably ride that. I like to hike. So I might go out for a hike. I like to connect with old friends. And then I work from home and I do like the good old-fashioned nap. So I might take a nap. But that's what I would do if I had these two hours of guilt-free time. What about you? Uh, I would go for a very long walk. So where I live, it's just beautiful. You know, there's so many different walks. Uh, and I, two hours, I could walk an hour out and an hour back with, diff, you know, a different route for each. So I go with that. Although the nap option, now you mention napping, that sounds, that sounds nice. I like that. A, a guilt-free nap. Okay, so everyone, you have something to do. So when you start creating this extra time, what I'm saying is take a little piece of that, whatever you just thought of as the listener, whatever you thought of there, take a little piece of that and put it back in your day mm-hmm. because it's going to help you on a number of levels, brain chemical wise too, but also to restore you. You, you know, the, the biggest thing for business owners too is, is burnout and, and then, you, you know, kind of apathy and, and, you know, a lot of bad things happen when you don't have some type of rest or recovery. So we want to do that. All right. Let's talk about uh, the 30 minute hour. And so there is actually a day, for some people this day occurs more than once a year, but it's a day where the average person is three to 10 times more productive than their average day. Now that's three X to 10 X. We're only looking for two X. We just want to take 60 minutes and chop it down to 30. That's two X. But there's a day where you're three to 10 times more productive than your average day. So do you know which day uh, of the year that is? No, I'm not going to guess. You tell me. (laughs) <laughs> He's like, okay, I didn't think Blaine was going to be quizzing me today. Uh, all right, so yeah, it's, my, it's my job to ask the questions. You're just supposed That's to be right. right. I was turning the tables there. So that is the day before vacation. Uh, so now think about this. On the day before vacation, people are three to 10 times more productive than a regular day. And so let's unpack this. Uh, and so I have a little acronym to help people unpack it and to create the 30 minute hours. And that acronym is PDF. Now, when I say PDF, most people know, have heard of that, especially managed service providers, the PDF, you know, hey, go print out the PDF or email me the PDF. Now, okay, so here's a quiz question for you. Just a little tech question. Now, in the tech world, do you know what PDF stands for? Portable document format. Oh right? my gosh! I gotta oh. give you. A hand. I, you may have been the first guy. <laughs> you may have been the first podcast host to get that right. Really? So, so wow. okay. yeah, yeah. And I've done forty of them this year. So well done. So, so that is yeah. not what it means for us, but it's easy to remember. So I want you to think thirty minute hour, day before vacation mode PDF. Now PDF stands for plan, delegate focus. So let's let's unpack each one of those so people can have the 30 minute hour. So the first one is you plan so much that day before vacations because it's so tight you got to get so much done. You you plan typically the day before, 
right? You typically, the, the day before vacation, people wake up 30 to 60 minutes earlier. So getting up a few minutes, 30, 60 minutes earlier could give you an instant extra 30 minutes, uh, you know, in, in the day right there. But you wake up early, you have a clear vision for the day. You, you only schedule things for the minimum of time that you need to get it done. You have a clear vision. And in the planning stage, you're using the 80-20 rule, right? So are you familiar with the 80-20 rule, Pareto? Yes, the Pareto okay. principle, so, yeah. Yeah, basically 20% of what you do produces 80% of your results. So in your planning of the day before vacation, you're working on all 20, 20% stuff. You're oust in the 80, right? And so, so that's the planning side, clear vision, well planned out. And so if you, if you take that planning, for example, someone will say, Blaine, could we meet to go over this new project for an hour? And I'll say, can we do it in 30 minutes? Nine out of 10 times, they say yes. So just in the planning of my day, I can shrink down um, the things that, um, you know, that, that are going to take an hour and push them into 30 minutes. Another thing is we'll, we'll talk about in, in focus. We'll talk about this too, but sometimes I'll say, look, I got to write a new article. So I'm writing a new article and I want to spend, you know, an hour doing that, but I can say, look, let me try to get that done in 30 minutes. Now there's something we're going to talk about here called single tasking that would, that would allow me to do that. But, but anyway, from the planning stage, I'm just scrunching things down and you're saving time again with that kind of day before vacation flair. So that's plan delegate the day before vacation. People delegate more than almost any other day of the year because they have to, because they know they can't get it all done. And they're what I, I like to say, they, they think who before the do, right? Think who before do. So before you go do something, think who else can do that thing, right? So there's a lot of delegation uh, that, that goes on and a lot of deferring that goes on. So you can create some, you know, uh, 30 minute hours just by delegating more. My wife also works from home and she'll be like, hey, I'm going out, can I run some errands for you? Boom. Could you take these packages? Could you pick this up? Boom. She just gave me the 30 minute hour because I delegated away 30 minutes or really maybe I delegated to her an hour of my time. So she gave me two 30 minute hours there. But, but looking for that, that delegation and looking for that deferment onto other people or maybe even out into the future if it's a low kind of low value, low priority task. So plan, delegate. But the biggest, the biggest 30 minute hours come from your focus on the day before vacation, you have this weird, fierce focus, and and it's it's this take no prisoner focus, uh, and and so there's this one word that you use more on the day before vacation um, than any other day, uh, and it's only two letters, and it's the word no. And so people say, Blake, can you do this? No, 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 no. I'm going on vacation. I'm out of here, right? So use that word no a lot more and, and realize the things you don't do on the day before vacation. You're not watching the Netflix, eating the chips on the couch, no chit chat, no long emails, no shiny objects, uh, you know, no getting lost in the internet, right? You're not doing any of that stuff. You have this fierce focus and you stay on schedule. And typically, because your time is so limited, you use timers. So that's another one. I use a lot of timers during the day. I have a little a sign in my office that says, you know, day before vacation mode PDF to help me remember that, that, you know, that, that fierce focus and keep that. So I use a lot of timers. I'll just tell Siri, I got an iPhone, you know, set a timer for 15 minutes, 30 minutes, wh whatever it is, but I'm using those timers. The other thing on the day before vacation with your focus is you become a tasking 
master. And there's three types of tasking that can generate uh, 30 minute hours. One is single tasking, multitasking, and batch tasking. So single tasking, that's like what I talked about. You're going to write an article or you have to uh, put a, a contract together or a bid proposal, like stuff only you can do uh, as the business owner. And so what you do is you can get an hour's worth of, st- of that stuff done in 30 minutes if you single focus on that. What I mean by that is the phone goes in airplane mode as scary as it may seem. Mm. Uh, But you turn off all the distractions. You tell people, this is the time I'm doing the contracts, the proposals that have to get done. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll talk to you in an hour or every day at 11, we'll have a, we'll have a little meeting, you know, but before that, you know, from nine to 11, I'm going to be working on this stuff where you shut out the world and you turn off all the rings, dings and bings and all the internet windows, all that stuff. And you single focus. I'm telling you, you can get an hour's worth of stuff done in 30 minutes by using that highly concentrated, undistracted single focus. The second way you can have the 30 minute hour uh, in tasking is multitasking, which gets a bad rap. People says, you you know, you you can't do it, it's bad for you. But here, here's the deal on multitasking. Multitasking is when you can do two things at the same time without sacrificing the quality of either one. So for example, uh, for example, I have to drive somewhere on the day before vacation, it's gonna take me 30 minutes. I could listen to my favorite 80s rock music. That's one option. Or I can make those two or three calls that I know I need to make. So while I'm driving the car, I've got hands-free phone. I'm very safe about it. But I can make phone calls and drive the car and with, with both with high quality. Uh, I used to love to have family time, but I love to exercise. So taught the family how to play tennis. And then we'd go out you know, for, you know, uh, you know, an hour's worth of family time and tennis combined in one, I got two hours of stuff done instead of exercising separately. So you're looking for that. Maybe you're doing housework or you're going for a walk, right? And you can listen to great podcasts like this. There are times where you can do two things without sacrificing the quality. And then the last one is batch tasking. And that's where you batch things together, right? So day before vacation, you got three errands. You're not going to run an errand, come back, run an errand, come back. No, you batch them all together. The same thing though works for telephone calls. Batch them together. You're much more efficient. Um, you can get an hour's worth of calls done that if you if you were going to spread those out throughout the day, push it all into one time block. Um, you know, so so you can kind of batch. Also, you can batch by, uh, you know, computer work, uh, phone work. And also you can batch by context to people. And what I mean by that is like my wife and I, since we both work from home, we could inter- interrupt each other all day, <laughs> but we don't. We have a little shared note in our iPhone. And when we think of something for them, we put in that note and then we typically have lunch together. Then when we're by that person, with that person, then we have this whole list and we haven't interrupted them all day long. So if you're working with staff, having that you know office hours time set, but, but having your single batch, single focus time, single batching time set, as well as that batch timing where they do have access to you uh, is is really a a big saver. And there's other things you can do technology wise. You and I talk pretty fast. I don't know if they could listen to this this, uh, episode at one and a half time speed, but but some people can, some people can. So, So that works. And the last thing is that the overarching day before vacation mode is that it releases the inner perfectionist in you because done is better than perfect. You got to get it done. You're going out of town. And if you'll bring some of that back in, you know, bring some of that back into your daily life, you will, you will get, uh, you know, twice as much done in, in half the time. Uh, and you will take 60 minutes and put it down into 30 minutes. 
Blaine, thank you so much for your time. Uh, you are, of course, the Chief Results Officer, uh, the only Chief Results Officer in the whole world. Just remind us how we can get in touch with you. Yeah, easiest thing is just uh, opt in for my uh, TEDx talk. So Blaine, B-L-A-I-N-E, TEDx, T-E-D-X.com. And uh, we'll get connected there. And if I can help you in any way, happy to do it. Paul Green's MSP Marketing Podcast. This week's recommended book. Hi, I'm Harry Brelsford, founder of SMB Nation. I got special permission to recommend my own book, The Pocket MBA. It's a book that does the Finder Minder Grinder professional services model. And it's for all of us that don't want or need a real expensive MBA. You can find more information. It's a vanity domain name pocket.mba that's pocket.mba coming up coming up next week hi this is mike andrews from nova backup i've been in the backup and data protection industry for 25 years next week we'll be going back to the origins of cloud backup and bring us today as it pertains to msps we'll be discussing the challenges evolving within the ever-changing market and the future of where backup is heading Do subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast so you never miss an episode. On top of Mike's interview next week, we'll be talking about standard operating procedures. And I've got a very clever idea for you to build a whole bank of them and systemize your MSP one day at a time. We're also going to be talking about something called authority sites. What are they and how would you use them to attract new prospects with your MSP's marketing? We've got a ton more content for you as well over on YouTube. Just go to youtube.com slash MSP marketing. Join me next Tuesday and have a very profitable week in your MSP. Made in the UK. For MSPs around the world. Paul Green's MSP. MSP Marketing Podcast.